0: It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app here on a Monday. Uh, it's neither not, it's not a misery Monday or a, a victory Monday. It's just, it's just Monday. But it is still football season, so that means it's time to talk to our pal Michael Phillips. Today's top story, from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live This just in. Not
1: my beat.
0: Of course, Phillips writing about the commanders for the Washington Times, also hosting MP on the mic, 910 The Fan down in Richmond, where he was the sports editor at the Richmond Times-Dispatch for years, covering, uh, amongst other things, all the stadium stuff. And, Michael, I'm sure you saw the Capitals-Wizards news today with them looking at Potomac Yards. Uh, So I want to pick your brain on that in a second. But, but, it's also a great bit day. And I have, I have, I have a confession, (laughs) not a confession, but like I have, I have something to discuss with you first, uh, with you you and the audience. So it is now past five o'clock and that means I need to call a number here in a moment to find out if I have to report for jury duty tomorrow.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you had jury duty recently? Um, yeah, it was about three years ago. It it was like right, right at the start of the pandemic. I was like the first Mm. group back to jury duty. Um, they, everybody's super weird about it. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I just want to know, like, is there a shirt I can wear tomorrow that they'll just look at me and be like, nah, cause that's, I don't want any part of this.
1: You know, they, they were going around, they were disqualifying people, you know, like, Hey, you know, this case is about a guy who robbed a convenience store have any of you ever worked at a convenience store? Have any of you ever been convicted of a felony? Have any of you, you know, all those things on down. And then at the end they said, does anybody else have a reason why they shouldn't serve on the jury? And um, somebody raised their hand and they, they was, you know, it was one of those days where I like, oh, you know, I'm an attorney. I shouldn't have to do this. And the judge was like, sit your butt back down. And somebody else was like, you know, I, I have childcare obligations. And the judge was like, we'll work with you hang tight. And then the third person raised her hand and was like, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't want to do this. Um, and the judge dismissed her. Um, what? That's, <laughs> that's all I got to do? Um, they, the judge says, do you think you could be an impartial, do you think you could set that aside and rule on this case impartially? Uh, and she said, I don't think I could because uh, I, I don't want to do this. And uh, the judge <laughs> sent her away. And we all kind of looked at each other like, Really? We've all been, like, brainstorming our excuses all morning, and that was the one? Wow. That is – because
0: I was thinking about that. It's like I don't – I have strongly held beliefs about the the criminal justice system. I don't think I can be an impartial juror. Like, I just – I don't think I can do this. But the I don't want to do it (laughs) straight up, I hadn't
1: considered that. And honestly, I I might. It, it was a straight, like, you got to kind of back it up with your attitude, right? Like the statement was like, yeah. you, you can make me do this, but it's going to be unpleasant for both of us. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, and it is important. <laughs> it is, it is our civic duty. Um, all of, all of that stuff. I, I'm just hoping honestly that I call this number and they're like, yeah, we don't need you. Um, uh, it, is it a weekly thing in
1: December or just, is it just a one-off? No, this is a, this is a one-off, I believe. Um, Okay. In in Richmond, you have to call the number every Wednesday for a month or whatever day of the week you get for a month. So you have to call four times. Yeah. Now, if they pick you once, you're done for the month, but they, they can, they can hit you at any point in those four weeks.
0: Oh, see, no, I think here in D.C. it's like you call the night before and then you're supposed to be there one day or one trial. But I think your day is, is counted if you they say don't commit.
1: Correct. OK, they, so, so that's good. Right. Fingers crossed. Are you going to make the call on the air? No, I did think about it.
0: And I kind of <laughs> feel like that would be a good way to get them like we can't trust this guy. <laughs>
1: Just just know whatever happens here will be fodder for my, my radio show.
0: Yeah, I, well, that is – that's – I don't know what the rules are, so I shouldn't say anything. I'm not trying to get – I am trying to get oh, out of jury duty. That, I'm uh, not trying to get arrested.
1: Have you seen the TV show Jury Duty? It was like a Truman Show thing where the guy – the one guy was – No, real, I've seen the ads the other for it. I've fake. seen the
0: ads for it. I thought it was clever. Yeah, uh, but basically for those that haven't seen it, basically uh, one guy – like it's 11 actors – on the on the jury with him, and then one real dude, and then everyone else is obviously an actor, including the judge. and And he's he he's just like this is the most bizarre thing ever. And it's like you correct because you're in a TV show, and you're the only one that's not acting. The, <laughs> honestly, that sounds terrible. That sounds like my nightmare. Anyway, yeah. um, we should talk about sports now. Michael Phillips is with us here on the Hoffman Show. Uh, so as I mentioned, you you spent a lot of time at the Dispatch, um, covering. Uh, everything going on down there in Richmond in terms of the intersection of sports and, and the state government of Virginia. And that included a lot of stadium talk. When you read Sam Fortier and and his colleagues piece in the post today about the capitals and the wizards potentially moving to Potomac yards, what do you think the likelihood of that is and how important would it be to the Commonwealth to actually have that happen and finally have a pro sports team there in Virginia?
1: Yeah, I think it's a second place uh, for, for both sides, right? Like Virginia would really like to have the commanders. Uh, that, that would be their number one if they're ranking sports teams they'd like to attract. And, uh, of course, for, for a lot of reasons that everybody understands, uh, uh, that that is the one that, that they would like. Uh, I think that Leonsis, if you were to get an honest truth out of him, uh, would probably say that staying at Capital One and renovating it would be his number one. It's, it's in the city. It's a great location. They're building their offices there. Um, you know, it, it served them very well, and I, I think it serves the fan base very well. Uh, both sides are realizing they may not get their first choice. Um, I, I think RFK has a ton of momentum right now to host the Commander Stadium, uh, you know, and, and Maryland has a ton of momentum right now with Josh Harris uh, and his ownership group having a lot of Maryland ties. Um, that that's a government that that's very interested in getting it done. Uh, You know, Virginia has faded from the, from the front runner seat they were in a year ago to this being a a pretty competitive situation and and one that they may not control their destiny on here. Um, And, and for Ted Leonsis, if they bring the commanders to RFK, if that's a a 700, 800 million dollar check that the city cuts to them, is there enough money in the budget to also, take care of him uh you know his ask is 600 million dollars for renovations at capital one you know can they do that and also bring a football team to town and also Nats Park is 15 years old and those guys have their hands out now I'd slap their hand and tell them to go away but but the point being you've got things you need to take care of right now Um, so so Leonsis is lining up his backup plan I think Virginia has a money burning a hole in their pocket you know governor who's trying to get a win Uh, a governor who's from Northern Virginia, Uh, this would be a big win for him, a good backup plan. Uh, So I I wouldn't take this as this will happen, uh, but I think both sides are realizing the lights are about to turn on at the bar and they need to go home with somebody.
0: Yeah. So when you look at the, I mean, I think that's a great point that, you know, right now there's construction happening, like on, for instance, the studios for, for Monumental Sports Network. Um, they, they're moving. They used to be in Bethesda when they were NBC Sports Washington. Uh, you know, we've we've all seen like West Hall and, and, you know, his his uh, pregame show. And whether it's Jason or Christy or whoever's with him, like they're at the perch there at Capital One Arena. They're kind of tucked away in District E. They're building like a real state of the art TV studio. And if they build that and wire it and all this that stuff and then move to Virginia in four years, like that seems like a gigantic Waste of money. So, what? It, it, beyond that, is there another particular reason why you think Leonsis would prefer DC versus, hey man, like you want to be this multimedia mogul and now you can build an entertainment district? Like, if I'm Leonsis, Virginia is actually fairly appealing to me.
1: Yeah, and you know, you have to wait and see how much land they'll give them, how much how much space they would get to develop, right? Because if you know, if you're talking about a, a big time development project, that's going to be very appealing. This is. You know, not land. this isn't Chinatown when a Poland-built MCI center, right? This, this is a very well-developed piece of land that also just got a metro station and also Amazon's moving in there. Uh, I think land's at a real premium down there. You could claw back a little bit of it. I, I don't know how much they'll truly be able to offer that, those guys to develop and to profit off of. Um, but, yeah, Leonces has complained about his lease at Capital One Arena for a very long time. Um, I, I think there's also an alternate reality here where both of them stay afloat, um, whether that's splitting the teams and, and building, you know, I, I would say Capital One is, is probably inelegant for both sports, but, but is more of a hockey arena than a basketball arena just because of the size, uh, you know, the basketball court is smaller. Um, so you, you have to kind of adapt it for basketball if you built a true basketball arena in Alexandria, could you split the teams? Uh, could you send both of them to Alexandria and keep it for concerts and Disney on ice and, you know, all that, all that good stuff uh, that, that rolls through. I, I think there's a lot of options on the board here. It's a very early and exploratory process. Uh, my understanding uh, from, from the Virginia side of things is they're setting the table for the legislation they want to present in January. So I, I don't think we're in any imminent danger of them being at a podium tomorrow shaking hands and, and celebrating mission accomplished here. Uh, but I, I think both sides are feeling out what they can do for each other.
0: Mission accomplished notoriously when things are over. If you know, you know. <laughs> uh, Michael Phillips with us, MP on the mic, 910 The Fan in Richmond. He also did write about this as well uh, at the Washington Times. You also made an interesting comment, though, earlier. You, you feel like commanders in Maryland are really in a good place right now um, what is it that Wes Moore has done to ingratiate that relationship with Josh Harris and the new regime? And also how big of a deal, like how big of a data point is the offices moving that was announced last week, uh, for those that may have missed it, commanders moving uh, a lot of their business operations from FedEx field to a new campus on the University of Maryland, like a new office campus on the campus of University of Maryland?
1: Yeah, it, it certainly, uh, I think it's more of a logistical decision than a political decision. Uh, you know, they they need to create more space at FedEx Field to do the things they want to do over the next few years to bring fans back, to bring corporate money back, to bring sweet holders back. Uh, and this was a very logical way to do that. And certainly doesn't hurt that you get to, you know, ingratiate with uh, one of your key stakeholders there. You mentioned Westmore. We've seen a ton of him this year. He's been in a lot of the games. He's been wearing Commander's jerseys. He's been very outspoken. Uh, I would say don't interpret Virginia's silence as a disinterest. Uh, they are still very interested. They all are still working very hard behind the scenes. Um, but there is a bit of an incumbency advantage right now in Maryland. Uh, you know, they, they love these, these investors. They love Harris, Rails, uh, you know, both you know, Maryland guys, Bethesda guys. Uh, You know, the team is there right now. Um, So they they enjoy that incumbency advantage. Uh, They seem willing to do what it takes to keep them. Uh, I think ultimately the team will probably chase RFK first. Um, But I had always said up until new ownership took over, if it's not RFK, Virginia's Virginia's not the only one sitting at the table. And and that's just not the case anymore. Maryland has come to play.
0: Michael Phillips with us here on the team at 980. Anything else on the like? How like let's wrap up the stadium talk with with this, and then a couple of Commanders items real quick. Um, like how would how do these impact each other, right? And, and also, who do you like? Does uh, Monumental doing this potentially speed up the Commanders process? Because it feels like things have been fairly quiet on that front. So like, how how are these two things intertwined? on both a timing and ultimately logistics level?
1: Yeah, 2027 is the year, right? That's the year the commanders can bounce FedEx, and that's the year the Wiz and Caps can bounce from, from Capital One downtown. Uh, I would say it's a very, very unlikely that either team moves in 2027. You, even if they did the handshake tomorrow, that would be really hard to pull off. Um, and so both sides are working from a sense of urgency, right? If, if you're not making money, you're losing money, um, you know, or you're leaving money on the table, at least. That, that's the pressure that, that Harris and his group are under right now. You think about all these investors that threw their money in, this is the return, the new stadium, the new revenues. Uh, any year after 2027, where games are played in FedEx field or games are played in some kind of interim stadium, that is a loss for them. They are leaving money on the table. So they feel a very real urgency to get this done as quickly as possible. And frankly, it would not stun me to see an agreement in principle this offseason uh, that, you know, that's the pressure they feel to get moving and return this investment. Uh, same from Ted Leonsis' side, right? If, if he can move in 2027, he wants to either have the city's money in his hand to do renovations that year or, or be moving to Alexandria as quickly as possible. So I, I don't think anybody... Uh, is coming at this from a perspective of wait and see. I, I think it's a lot of very active, very engaged owners and stakeholders who, who realize that the time is ticking to get these things open as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, I, I certainly hope something happens sooner rather than later on, on both fronts. Uh, clarity is good, um, but also, like like you said, the, the logistics of this. If, you, if, if the commanders want to be out of FedEx before 2030, they need to get moving yesterday. Um, it's true. It's it's hard to build, and, uh, you know, everyone who's ever done anything with construction knows that it doesn't finish on time, and I don't think most (laughs) of us have built a stadium. You know, if you build a deck, it doesn't finish on time. Nevertheless, a a football stadium. Okay, Uh, as for the actual team itself, biggest piece of news that comes out of Ron Rivera's press conference today, uh, slash some reporting before it by Nikki Javala, which Ron confirmed, is that Jamin Davis is done for the season. He has a shoulder injury uh, that he suffered in the Miami game. Where does that leave Davis now entering year four? New regime will have to decide on his fifth year option. Like what what have you made of the the three plus or the three years of the Jamin Davis experience so far now that we know his season is over?
1: Sure right. And I think there's a recalculation this year right of year one, he's a bust. year two, I'm still angry. Yeah, I, the phantom's still angry. Because they used a first-round pick on a middle linebacker, and we got an outside linebacker, and that's stupid drafting and stupid value, right? That's not Jamin's fault at that point. You know, that, that's Ron Rivera and, and the scouting team's fault. Um, but, it, but that was still held against him, right? I felt like this was the first year as, like, Jamin Davis, he's an outside linebacker. He's, he's an NFL-caliber starter at the position. He's doing all right. Um, you know, he, he's playing well. That's a position he could play for a while. Um, I think people had kind of come around on that. I'm not going to suggest he was a pro bowler or anything of that level, but he was absolutely an NFL caliber starting outside linebacker. Um, And and so you almost have to set aside the rest of it. Yeah, it was a bad draft pick. Yeah, there's bad value there. But he was a starter, and he was one of 11 starters, and he was not out of place as a starter. Uh, And now that's another replacement you got to make. Heading into a stretch here that looks a little more daunting than it did at the start of the day yesterday. Rams could be in the playoffs by the end of the night if the Packers lose. And the Jets looked really good yesterday. Those are bad signs for the upcoming schedule.
0: Um, Do you, like, how important is it for the team, for anybody to win any of these final four games?
1: (laughs) uh, What a question I I, I just asked
0: you. What a loaded, gigantic question.
1: I laugh and I hesitate because, look, I, I do a radio show. I give my opinion about things. I think they should tank. I think I think they should move a bunch of the starters to IR. Um, you know, tie, tie Ron's hands behind his back, lose the four, get a great draft pick. Uh, I, I I just think that has the highest upside of all your available options. Um, what would it mean to win in, in the Final Four? It certainly doesn't mean anything for Ron's job, but I think it means a lot for Sam Howell. Right, the higher that draft pick goes, the more likely it is. You draft a quarterback with that spot. Uh, if Hal could scratch out a couple really nice performances and a couple W's and they're picking eight or nine, I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback at eight or nine. That, that gives Hal his own job security, so to speak. Um, but, but if you're asking me or you're saying what should the fans want, I think the fans should want to see Sam Hal throw for 400 yards and a loss. I, I just don't see how winning helps the current cause at the moment.
0: No, I, I hear that. The only thing I worry about is kind of like the habits, the demeanor. Like, is it more likely that they do something drastic this offseason that could have some regret, like trading a John Allen, trading a Terry McLaurin? Um, it, like, if you want those guys, I feel like winning one and, like, keeping some semblance of dignity is probably important. Um, like, But most of the decisions have probably been made in terms of, the, like, the decisions that can be made by the people that are here now have been made. The GM is going to be gone. The head coach is going to be gone, uh, and and it's going to be new people in all of those positions who will decide everybody's fate below them. And at that point, like winning, I guess the draft pick is is probably the biggest uh, impact there. Um, but I I do just wonder, like from a not not having it feel like a total epic disaster, losing the fan base uh, anymore. Is that damage already done, or does winning anything matter? Uh, down the stretch here?
1: I think certainly winning one of the next two would offer you a little bit of a reset in terms of we talk all the time, right? Losses in the NFL are exponential. They snowball, and every one is worse than the one before it and leaves people angrier than the one before it. But every time you, you win even one, you get a reset back to the baseline, back to zero. Um, and it would certainly offer that. It would make the last four weeks calmer, less contentious, um, you know, whatever whatever your phrasing is there, it it would be very helpful for the last four weeks for the people on the team. I I think that's why I would shut down John Allen, shut down Terry, uh, you know, shut down Deron Payne. Like, Hey, you know, these guys, it's been a long season, you know, messed up his shoulder the other day or whatever. He's going to IR for the rest of the way. Uh, I, I wouldn't subject them to this. I also think you have $90 million in cap space. I think you can sell them pretty quickly. Hey, look, Don't go anywhere. We're not shipping you anywhere. We're going to turn this thing around quickly.
0: Yeah, no, I I think not subjecting him to that IR thing is is definitely nice. Obviously, Jamin, uh, first one IR today, but his with an injury, uh, wishing him the best in recovery as he'll likely have surgery uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Michael Phillips doing a great job on all fronts today. Thank you kindly, sir. And uh, are you going out to L.A.? Are you getting to escape to the West Coast for a nice December uh, day of sunshine?
1: I will be in L.A., and uh, nice. we will we will sort this out. I, th- I, I can't do the red-eye anymore. I'm, I'm an old man now, yeah. which I say is the people older than me on the beat will get on the red-eye. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm going to wait. I'll do my show from L.A. Monday, which yeah, there's, there's worse fates in life. No, uh, that's we'll,
0: true. Yeah. We'll,
1: we'll figure out this arrangement for next Monday, but we'll make sure it happens. But, uh, yeah, it should, be, uh, it should be a ton of fun, and uh, that, that's a great stadium, of course, one of my favorites. And uh, I think it'll be a competitive football game, although uh, I've been wrong on that before.
0: Yeah. Uh, tell Sean I say hello. Uh, also, <laughs> I have not been to SoFi. My only L.A. trip on the beat uh, was the year that we played there twice. And it was and in, we'll the in the old soccer
1: stadium. Yes, correct. Correct. Uh, I the soccer stadium was my favorite all. stadium I have ever covered a game in.
0: Honestly, for the game itself, it was pretty great because it yeah. was like you were so low because the stadium wasn't very big. It was kind of like you you had like a great all 22 cam all day long.
1: Exactly. Yeah, no, like obviously the atmosphere left a lot to be desired, but like I felt like I was just hovering on top of an NFL game. It was fantastic in that regard.
0: Yeah, that was very cool. All right. Well, uh we'll figure it out Monday. We'll probably be able to tape something before you get on the plane. Uh so we'll we'll I'll, I'll have your people talk to my people. Okay, just text me. <laughs> Deal. All right. Uh thanks buddy. I'll talk to you. That is Michael Phillips with us here on the Hoffman Show. When we get back, uh, there's no commander's game to talk about, which makes it extra fun to go around the NFL on a Monday. How did Anthony and I do on our picks? And uh, what about the games in terms of the actual analysis? You know, what happened for the people with real stakes in them? Uh, we discuss next the Hoffman Show and Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app.